Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS online program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our next guest is Kat Gordon. Kat is the founder of the 3% Movement and Advertising Ages Visionary of the Year for 2018. You can find her at katgordon.com or follow her at katgordon. Kat, thanks so much for being our Gifters podcast, where your story is a gift to the world. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I just like the name, Kat Gordon. It sounds like a Hollywood <laughs> Oscar <laughs> name, like starring Brad Pitt and Kat Gordon. <laughs> oh, that would be nice. <laughs> so let's just dive into this whole the three percent movement. I, I was sharing a thing with you prior to our interview, saying, you know what? I just appreciate when people have unique names or unique business names, and in your case, it just pops. So, what is the three percent movement? The three percent movement was start. I started in 2012 to highlight the fact that only three percent of advertising creative directors are women. And for those of you who've watched Mad Men, that's the Don Draper job. That's the job that is the creative visionary, which is kind of the prized product that an agency produces as the creative. And what, and I have been a creative director my whole career, part of that 3%. And I got incredibly curious and impatient around the fact that a consumer marketplace that is driven primarily by women decisions made by women is being spoken to almost exclusively through a male microphone. I know. I, I think what is like 86% of purchases are either made by women or influenced by women. And yet so many people in the leadership roles are not women. Now I saw that in your survey, you talked about how you challenged the lack of women in creative leadership. And because of that, the directorship went from 3% to 29%. Is that in the U S or globally? Or where, do the, where are those stats from? They're in the U.S., um, and the 3% number was from a study of award-winning creative directors through Communication Arts, which is kind of like the Clio's. Uh, 3% Conference did our own study um, of 31 ad agencies from every holding company a year and a half ago and found that the number was up to 29%. So it, it seems like it was a problem that was waiting for someone to give it the um, time and attention it deserved and, and to not let up on it. And in the age of social media, you know, this is a great example of a movement that was accelerated and kind of possible through getting like-minded people to rally together and challenge something. Well, I commend you for your courage. I mean, it's, it's quite, um, Timing wise, let's say recently the, the Crazy Rich Asians movie came out and as an Asian American born and raised in, in, in the U.S. for that movie to have an all Asian cast. And it's it's been 25 years since the last one. Like people don't really like if you're not Asian, you might not care. But it's like all about representation. Just like with you, if like it's only three percent women and you're a woman and you've succeeded and you've excelled in your career. It's hard for people to believe it. And that's why people that are not aware of being a minority or being on the outside, it's not necessarily easy for them to think about or to per, to kind of be aware. But for me, it's like whether you're a woman or I'm a minority, like all of us have felt like an outsider at times. But when you have more representation, you just feel not just better by yourself, but you're just more indicative of contributing to society. Now, for you, how do you feel or what kind of skills that did you have, Kat, whether for to, to advise a man or woman, what do you think that you really need to succeed? Because the things that you succeeded, 
of course, they can apply it to a woman, but also for men too. But what do you, what do you think are some of the unique qualities that you had to allow you to succeed in your field? Mm, that's a great question. I think an insatiable curiosity. Um, creative people love to learn new things and connect dots that other people aren't seeing yet. And that's definitely the kind of kid I was and the kind of grown up I've become. I read constantly. I love to travel. Um, and so I think my awareness of what's what I saw was happening, the writing on the wall in my industry, uh, emboldened me to do something about it because I just couldn't believe no one else was seeing it as the opportunity that it was, to your point, of representation. So curiosity, um, I think collaboration. You know, I, I could not have done this by myself. So the team I've built and the, and the network that I leaned on to make this happen, uh, that's important. So always make sure that the network that you have is one in which you're both giving so that when you need to receive something or you need someone's help or amplification, they're there for you. That's great. Now, how do you feel? Because you, you went from 3% to 29%. What do you think are some ways that you actually presented your your argument, presented your your um, desire to make it more representative of having more women? Because just wanting something is not enough. So I'm just curious, what tactic did you use? Like, did you give a speech? Did you write uh, a le- an email? Like, what? how did you go from, you know what, this is a problem, this is an issue, to we're going to make a difference. And so, you know, how did you go about doing that? Like what form of communication did you use to, to have this improvement? Right. So, I mean, the question you're asking is about mechanisms, you know, like what mechanisms did I use, but that's almost distribution. Mm -hmm. I think, I think the more important thing, and I will answer what mechanisms I used is, um, the tone that you take, you know, what is the argument, um, no matter what channel you use to get it out into the world. And for 3%, I really did not take a feminism or activism stance. It was a business opportunity. It was speaking to the brands of America and saying, you have every right to demand diversity from your ad agency partners. You're writing the check. You know what your consumers look like. They're not all white men. They're not all young people. Um, And so I made it an incredibly exciting opportunity for all of us to do better work that is more profitable. And it was always inclusive of men. It was never, this is a women's you know, movement. It, this is a business movement about what happens when all people are utilized to their full contributions. Uh, in terms of what mechanisms I used, really Twitter, I always say um, this the first thing we did was we had a conference. Um, so the 3% movement is now inclusive of these live conferences that we put on, but it's also now includes certification. We go inside of ad agencies and certify them around their gender friendliness and inclusivity overall. Um, and we do consulting with agencies and creative companies where we help them see the blind spots and help amplify what they're doing correctly. So social media, announcing it through a tweet, um, creating very vibrant social communities through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even LinkedIn, um, and thought pieces. I think that's another thing. I have always been outspoken about what I'm seeing happening. And so I've written thought pieces about the issue of diversity and its relationship to creativity. And I've spoken at other events outside of 3% to get that message across. 
That's great. Did you come from like, a, like an engineering background? Because I like how you are systematically able to just, this is the problem, this is the solution, this is how we're going to go about doing that. Because for me personally, as this creative guy, sometimes I get all excited about the vision, but it's really about the step-by-step process where you very clearly articulated how to go about doing that. Like, Where do you feel you got that sense of systematized approach to solving problems? Yeah, I always say I'm one of the few creative directors, maybe the only one who started in market research. It's very unusual. I was that rare kid that did really well in the math SATs, but also was incredibly creative. And so um, I think that creative people that are comfortable with data, it's a very powerful um, combination. And so I do think that when I saw this as a problem, I thought, all right, I got really methodical about it. I did research about it. I did a survey to vet the idea that people would want to be part of this community. Um, Even the name, which we started this conversation addressing the name, the name invites um, metrics, you know, 3%. What does that mean? Is it getting better? How is it trending? So I do have that kind of, I'm a very results-oriented person, and I've structured this entire movement to answer to that. No, that's great because so much in business, it is about numbers in the bottom line. And so sometimes when I see people that are, you know, fist pumping in the air saying, we got to have more inclusion. And it's like, it's more emotional and not as rational. And I get, again, from a, from a ethnic standpoint, but when you actually include the emotional and rational, people will actually take you more seriously because it's just like, if you're just angry, no one's going to want to listen to you. But if you say, look, this is the actual reason why we should do this because it makes sense empirically. It makes sense profitably. It makes sense purposefully. And this is why I should do it. And so I just want our listeners to know how helpful and useful your advice is, Kat. Now, since it was about the 3% movement, I wanted you to share specifically to the women and the young girls on our podcast, listen to this, because what do you want them to hear? Like, what do you wish you heard when you're, let's say, seven years old and you had all the world for you to decide to what to do? But what, what specifically would you want to share with a, a female listener? Mm. Oh my goodness. I wish we had an hour to answer that. But I guess the big thing is to question everything. I think there's so many um, ways of thinking and belief systems in our society that we don't question any longer, that we just assume that women act a certain way or that girls don't play certain sports or, and it's not that way due to any, you know, imperative. It just, someone kind of decided it was that way a long, long time ago, likely a dude. And uh, society just kind of kept pace. I mean, you and I were just talking a moment ago about tennis and the U.S. Open. And even the thing that's happening, like I was watching the U.S. Open last night and seeing Djokovic sitting there with his shirt off, you know, and his hairy chest on live (laughs) TV. And yet a woman gets fined for changing her shirt. Um, turning around wearing a sports bra. And that's just a small example. But I guess the girls that are listening, I want to say, it's awesome for you to look at the world with questioning eyes and to speak. um, And you can be dispassionate about it and just say, have you noticed? Or wow, this struck me or I observed this. And to get other people to have that same questioning eyes because the world is in a constant state of co-creation. It's not finished yet. (laughs) And we get to have a hand in what it looks like. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, I, and I also want them to know, because I have done a lot of mentoring and whatnot, it's like, don't look at yourself as a victim, you know, because if you, as soon as you say, oh, um, it's harder to be a woman, it's harder to be a minority, even though those are factually true, but I actually get excited the fact that I am one of the few Asian American speakers globally that talk about sales at the level I talk about, right? So it's like, instead of looking at it as like, oh, it's so hard, I'm like, yeah, it is. 
But that's why life is exciting because Gandhi wouldn't be Gandhi if he wasn't Indian. Mother Teresa wouldn't be Mother Teresa if she wasn't a woman from Albania. Dr. King wouldn't be Dr. King if he wasn't of, of African descent. But what I'm saying for the people listening, I hope you don't just listen to what, what um, Kat just mentioned there, but it's also how she approached her problem and how she presented it in a very analytical, empirical business way because that's just more sellable and it just makes sense because it's results-based. So Kat, thanks so much for being on our Gifters podcast where your story is a gift to the world. Have a great day. You too. Thanks.